Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, my name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined by Josh Sullivan. Hello. Josh, welcome to you. Thank you. And Matt Van Milligan. Hello. Matt, thanks for being here as well. <laughs> and this week we are in uh, the season of Lent now, so things are taking a little bit of a somber Turn mm-hmm. somber, maybe I shouldn't say somber because I love Lent. I really love Lent. It's a time <laughs> of renewal. But right. also, what was funny about this year that uh, caused a lot of drama and conversation in church circles uh, and with people who are, are of the romantic type, which I am not, uh, it was that Ash Wednesday was the same day as Valentine's Day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Valentine's Day comes and goes. Of course, it's a day of fasting and abstaining from meat. <laughs> so for those of people with uh, dinner plans, that was... Uh, it's a real cheap Valentine. That's what I'm going to say right. right there. We're going to sit there and we're going to have bread. Yeah. It's an but, odd juxtaposition. Yeah. But you know what? You know, people, to complain about it or to mention it, of course, is normal, I guess. But uh, fasting means that you can have one meal yeah. or two smaller meals, right? So you could go out for your Valentine's Day dinner and just avoid meat. Yeah. Have like a... Go to Red Lobster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a fish dinner, a vegan meal. Yeah. That doesn't sound appetizing, but... No. You know, <laughs> but it's, it doesn't make it impossible, right? And uh, it was interesting because the question was posed to the USCCB, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. Um, can Valentine's Day be celebrated? on Ash Wednesday, and uh, their response was that Ash Wednesday takes precedence over, like the day of fasting and abstinence takes precedence over the celebrations of (laughs) Valentine's Day. And, you know, some might say, well, no kidding. Yeah. Right? But people asked the question and and they clarified, right? So hopefully people (laughs) celebrated their Valentine's Day in some sort of way that honored the beginning of Lent. It is is funny, because at the beginning you said, you know, there's a bit of more of a kind of a somber attitude. It's like, um, but there's, uh, again, kind of a weird juxtaposition. It's like um, people in the the Eastern or Byzantine um, tradition, they don't call feasts solemnities. And and then they think that you know solemnity is actually kind of an odd name for a feast because solemn you know your yeah. your normal association yes. is that you know you're you're more somber you're more reflective you're kind of calmer but like a feast yeah a feast is a celebration so for something like um, uh, when you're talking about kind of when a feast aligns with a Sunday or another day in the liturgical calendar usually the feast takes precedent normally yeah you would say that you know the celebration is is kind of prior to. Um, you know, and any other t- celebration, but because it's Ash Wednesday, because it, you know it is, um, you know, that significant of a day in our church calendar, that's the precedent. So, and, on one level, you can't really blame them for asking. Sure, uh, but again, re- really understanding the the gravity and the significance of Ash Wednesday, again, it, it seems obvious to us that that should take and precedence. I would say too, Saint Valentine is not probably one of the most yeah. prominent saints. I think <laughs> it was made commercialized, mm-hmm. became a thing. Um, but it wasn't necessarily the saint that, like, he's not in the book of saints when they say name the saints that you look up to or that you aspire to be or that you yeah. like. I know his, I know who he is because there's a day named after him in the calendar, not yeah. because of the saint that he was. Not saying that he's a bad saint. I'm just right, saying, right, you know, right, like right. he's probably not one of the more important yeah. saints that the church would be like. We have to celebrate Saint Valentine's in the church. You know, well, you know, before the changes of uh, the liturgical reform at Vatican II. February 14th was the feast day of St. Valentine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but when the calendar was changed and some saints were kind of moved around, yeah. uh, St. Valentine was kind of dropped from February 14th. Mm-hmm. Even
even though the secular world kept Still. him on that day. Uh, and the, <laughs> on February 14th, the church actually celebrates, if it's not Ash Wednesday, Saints Cyril and Methodius, yeah. which is not romantic at all. Yeah. No, right? no. <laughs> um, but yeah. that's where it came from. And, you know, this is a topic for a whole other episode, but I think it's, it's very normal now that religious feast days have been hijacked by secular sort of movements, mm-hmm. right? Valentine's Day, Easter, Christmas, all those yeah. different things. St. Yeah. Patrick's Day. Even all Halloween. Uh, yeah, Halloween. The list keeps going on. Like these things have their root in Christianity. Uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about because we're here to actually talk about on the theme of Valentine's Day that uh, may have been overshadowed by um, Ash Wednesday is the whole topic of dating. Dating today, and uh, my apologies up f- uh, right from the get go if I'm going to seem like a bit of a curmudgeon today, uh, because dating, you know, I think today has been a little bit of a little bit skewed. Like mm-hmm. in in some ways, dating is uh, have, has taken a wrong turn. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. in my books, and and people at home listening might say, "Well, what the heck does he have to say? He's a priest. He's not dating anyone." <laughs> and you know, I welcome your comments, yeah. but uh, <laughs> just like anyone else, I can weigh in on the issue too, and 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 see, um, look at the facts of what's what's happening today in the dating world. And, and I think I think just like any any like any priest or even religious sister and stuff, you had a life before you chose your vocation, right? And so that like there are times where you could look like before I was married, I dated, you know, like those types of things. And so the same kind of thing where like that area of the world is not like yep. cut off only to very specific people. But I think that when we talked about Valentine's Day and specifically um, the one of the reasons we're talking about dating is because when you look back at it, I think you're going to see most couples go, oh, well, like Ash Wednesday, Valentine's Day, most um, married couples, I'm going to say, are going to be like, yeah, okay, well, we'll, we'll celebrate at a different time, I yeah. guess. You know what I mean? Like we'll yeah. do it on a Tuesday or on a Monday or something. Yeah. Not a big deal. But Valentine's Day is the day for those people that are in the dating realm. You know right. what I mean? Those are the times where it's a big deal. It's a big, you know, um, thing. So if you're a boyfriend or girlfriend, you don't celebrate Valentine's Day. It can sometimes seem like a, oh, are they trying to break up with me? It's like are a they snub? Yes, yeah, yeah. snub almost. Yeah. And stuff. So it's a good time to talk about dating. And I, you know, also I, I appreciate the fact that even though Valentine's Day is one day of the year where it's we're focused on romance. You know, people in a relationship, especially like you said, married couples, it it would be nice if people showed romance to each other all year long (laughs) and and appreciation and not just uh, on one day. But I want to look at the the dating sort of culture, right? Uh, Because, and I'll start, I'll start, if you think of like our... Yeah. Our age group, our grandparents (laughs) or something like that, and you ask them how they met Mm -hmm. or you ask uh, seniors how they met. You know, usually they'll say something along the lines of like they met at a, a dance or someone introduced them or whatever. They were out, you know, doing something social and they, they met. And many of them would say that they didn't really date that long mm. before they, they got married, right? Yeah. Um, and then you you sort of fast forward to today where, and I, I know lots has happened in that big chunk of time that I've just <laughs> fast forwarded, but uh, today dating is very prevalent uh, and the the way people are dating is much different, I think, mm-hmm. than than let's say yeah. uh, a century ago, right? Yeah. And uh, people are dating for longer, yeah, before yeah. getting married, right? Yeah. And you can even add to that that for for many, or even kind of just like in terms of like popularity or just kind of numbers, that dating 
like a major shift that's happened is like dating has become an end in itself exactly. and not a means to, to an end to yeah. the end of the marriage. proper end of marriage. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. And this is sort of my problem with dating today because um, the, the church always looks at dating as uh, a place where, where uh, a man and a woman are coming to grow in friendship with one another. Yeah. And uh, sort of our discerning marriage. Like, what's the next step here? Yeah. So if dating is an end in itself, then that's not right. Right? And I think today uh, our whole mentality has switched. Like, people aren't dating for marriage. People are dating. And, you know, this. people might disagree with me. I think more so today, people are uncomfortable being by themselves. Mm. Okay. And people are uncomfortable uh, with without being attached to someone. There's also a social status. I'm talking like teenagers, young adults, things like this. There's also a social sort of status of being together with someone, mm-hmm. right? And so that more so we are attached to the idea of dating. Okay. When we're when when we are dating, uh, then I think our the focus is in the wrong spot, mm. right? Instead of coming to know each other in friendship, which I think should be done before even entering into a relationship, right? If you can't be a if you can't be a friend of someone first, <laughs> why would you want to enter in a relationship <laughs> yeah, yeah, with yeah. them, right? Like, if we're discerning marriage with our partner, then there are some steps that we have to take before we enter into a relationship with them, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I'm I'm nodding along, but I'm I'm entirely hypocritical in uh, in in nodding along. Um, I think my wife and I were maybe an exceptional case. Um, in that, um, you know, we <laughs> we met, um, and within about two weeks, we had we're pretty pretty sure we were going to be to be married. So, you know, um, maybe maybe it was the fact that I was in my you know late twenties, and you know, yeah. <laughs> my clock was running out. No, um, but uh, no, that's uh, just like the the whole process of you know dating courtship um, was was really accelerated for us because we had a, a pretty uh, early clarity on on kind of. That, that we were going to be together long yeah. term. So yes, in, in ideal circumstances, yes, you establish a friendship if you already have a pre-existing kind of relationship with them. But I, I wanted to, <laughs> to kind of point out right. that, yeah, may, may, maybe that's not everyone's experience. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think another problem I have here is where people are looking for dates. Hmm. Like... Uh, you know, back to our grandparents or maybe our parents or whatever, you know, they, they go to a dance, they find a partner, they go to a social event, they find a partner. Um, today, uh, dating happens uh, sort of behind the phone or it, yeah. within the phone. Uh, it's happening through social media, whether it's Snapchat or uh, different things like that. Uh, and then dating apps. Now, I know there are people who have had success with dating apps, but I would argue that the, for the most part, these dating apps today aren't like as innocent as they seem to be. I think the I, purpose behind the dating app is is depends too. Like, I mean, yeah. when you go on something like Tinder or Bumble, um, what is the purpose of those dating apps versus something like Catholic Match or ChristianMatch.com? Those those are like when you're going to CatholicMatch.com, you're trying to find someone that shares your faith or yeah. shares the same similar yeah. faith, and there's probably purpose of you're probably both in it for marriage because that's what our faith yeah. suggests, right? You're dating to get married. Whereas in Tinder doesn't suggest that. In mm-hmm. fact, they have very specific functions or um, options on things like uh, we were discussing like Snapchat and those types of things that have options on it specifically to hide 
relationships or hide like you know photos photos or, or whatever uh, the yeah. case may be so these are suggesting that you are not necessarily doing this in the confine yeah. to to find a marriage in fact you might be doing this despite your marriage you know yeah. what i mean yeah, you, I, I, yeah. I was just gonna say you were, you were saying about like our grandparents age and you know this is this is how they met and you know technology wasn't really uh, yeah. a part of it like that's kind of our experience too. Just like um, when we were proposing this as a topic, and be like, "Oh, okay." Like I actually had to mentally adjust for how much dating has changed since you know I dated in my early and mid twenties um, yeah. to now, and how much of a role technology plays. And to your point, that it's like it really depends on you know the technology itself isn't you know corrupting dating per se. No. Um, and just like what what attitude does the technology take for one of, for some of these kind of yeah. um, uh, services that treat marriage as the proper end of dating, these these can be great for connecting people who otherwise wouldn't have kind of the opportunity to uh, meet each other. But for these apps and these kind of this technology that treats dating as an end in itself, and it just you know keeps you in a cycle of dating for you know um, for market reasons and for profit because yeah. it keeps you on the site, it keeps you you know seeing ads, it keeps it keeps kind of generating um, you know it's an investment plan for the the app service provider. Um, you know th- those are the ones that are maybe causing these these problems. Yeah, there's a sexual undertone yeah. to the these Certainly. apps yeah. that is that is a bit inappropriate and actually encouraging people to go that route. Why would you need to know who's available in within two or three kilometers of, of wherever you are? Exactly. Like, there's yeah. there's no other. <laughs> if if that's your point, that look, I don't understand why you would be. You know what I mean? Those are the like. If it's not about sex, if it's not about trying to meet to hook up, or if it's not about, if you're just looking for a nice person to meet. And, and have a discussion. I don't know about you guys. Like, if that was my, if I was single, I didn't wasn't married and everything else, and I was looking for someone to meet to have a nice discussion with, I would probably go 15, 20 minutes. I might even go a half hour. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, I'm not looking for within walking distance of where I am right now. Right. Who can I quickly get to? And by the way, the same app actually tells me all the cheap hotels in the area. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. there, there's Proximity a isn't a virtue. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a culture there sometimes. I think we have to be very careful because I'm not saying that everyone who's on dating apps is is using them for no, uh, other no. purposes, but I think we have to be very careful in in what we start to use those apps for because yeah, there's a curiosity there. You know, there's a curiosity there. It's like, uh, and and the whole fact like we're, what we're doing. And here I'm going to sound like uh, you know a uh, curmudgeon, but uh, you you're looking at someone's picture, and you have to make a decision left or right, yes or no. Right, so right away based you're judging. Yeah. yeah, you're judging someone based on their appearances, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, sure, I think there is, of course, uh, a physical attraction that exists mm-hmm. in a in a couple that's dating, but you know, we get so accustomed to just judging people and people who use that app a lot and just swipe left, right. I don't know which direction is yes, no. Um, that has to have an impact oh, on our. Yeah. On our mind, on you know, we look at people. Bam, we've made a decision. Uh, we've made a, we've made a we've made a judgment about them yeah. Yeah. in our mind, right? Well, and I think too, one of the big things you got to think about too is also how we are as human beings and how we are addicted to this thing called drugs and uh, yeah. endorphins and everything else. So when you first get on this app, it can be really exciting just to look at pictures and then like swipe over, and one of the rushes is going to be, oh, I find that person cute. I find that person cute. I find, oh, someone I find cute or good looking actually finds me good like like that's a that's one of those like like your facebook page type thing mm. like, oh hey and so you get a rush right there right uh, but eventually 
you get used to that. You become accustomed mm. to people actually. So maybe it's just about that kind of a rush. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, somebody likes me. And now I'm getting validation from this other cute human being that I find, you know, uh, attractive. But then you kind of start going down to, well, now, now that doesn't do it for me anymore. So I'm going to start into the conversation part where I'm going to actually maybe text this person and say hi. And it's not going to go past that. I'm not going to go, you know, but I'm going to just enter into a conversation. And now I'm having this conversation with this person. And depending on the app you're in, it might go, it might go one way or another. And you might actually then start to like, again, endorphins. I'm talking now to this cute person mm. that I find attractive and they find me attractive and it seems to be going well. There's a rush of endorphins. There's a rush of, you know, and then, uh, but eventually it's a drug. It, it, I mean, a drug in the sense, yeah. like those endorphins, those rushes are natural. It's instinctual. We have them for a reason. But the problem is you can wear them out just like anything else. And so when, when you're on this app and you're doing this and then eventually it wears out, what's going to be the next step? What's going to be the next step after that? What's going to yeah. be the next step after that? And I think that's kind of like overall dating, not just on social medias or, or social apps, but on all parts of dating is watching. Yeah. If you don't have an ends to a mean, there is an end. And there, like that end is very clear because it's in our instinctual habit, habitual yeah. nature it's, it's ingrained in us, and which is to produce and have kids, potentially. Mm -hmm. And so, and maybe not have kids, but to produce. And they're, they're like, you know what I mean? And, and so we will eventually get to that point uh, in, in most relationships. If we don't have an end in mind, if marriage is not that end, we don't have a goal to wait for, then what, what's the point? Why wait? Let's do it first date right now. You know what I mean? And that's why I mentioned these things about, you know, the, the downside of these apps. You know, and oftentimes, yeah. like you're talking about what's the next step. Oftentimes, people who meet on these apps will take it elsewhere. They'll yeah. take it to Instagram or they'll take it to Snapchat where they can chat for free or they yeah. can now share photos with each other, right? Uh, but that's, that's why I mentioned these things as being sort of on the perverse level because uh, the end game, like you're saying, is like when we're dating, we we have to have respect for the person we're dating. Yeah. We can't be judging them for certain physical attributes. Yeah. We can't be treating them like a, a, a sexual object, right? And and these apps, like they kind of direct the mind. They kind of direct yeah. even the heart, really, yeah. to a sexual experience, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, obviously, what the church teaches is that sex outside of marriage is an abuse of our sexual power yeah. that we have, right? And these apps sort of push you to that thought, like push you to, 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 be, to live contrary, to date contrarily to what the teachings of the church are. I, my advice, I would say, you know, like I, I know it's difficult in some areas to find uh, a, a date, Right, mm -hmm. and the proper use of some of these apps might might lead to uh, a partner, which I know uh, I've married couples who yeah, yeah. have met on those apps. Right, uh, and I'm not saying that everyone's perfect; no one falls into sin. I'm not even saying like you know our grandparents or <laughs> you know that generation yeah. never fell into sexual sin in their dating. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying we've created a space online that sort of encourages us to yeah. date that way, yeah. if yeah. that makes yeah, yeah. sense. And, and in many respects, can, can set people up to fail. So you have, again, you have the range of, of technologies. One of them, like, yes, you have a profile picture, but you, you know, you establish a detailed profile about your interests and you're like, you're, the goal is to establish common ground. Again, on the other end, you have these swipe left, right kind of things that it's, it's again, conditions you psychologically to commodify the dating process. You know, yes. you're, you're, and again, we, we, 
<laughs> we talk about and teach about kind of the, the technology that underpins this, um, that it's like, if you have the same um, level of, um, you know, selection, the same level of control over, you know, um, picking a prospective, you know, uh, partner uh, that you do, you know, shopping on Amazon or whatever, like you, you yes. get that kind of um, dopamine hit, you know, again, it's yeah. not common interest. It's not all these other aspects of the person that the technology effectively depersonalizes the Absolutely. other. Um, so again, it becomes, it becomes a, com- a commodity. commodity, you know, I, I, I like this one, but do they come in blonde? Like it, it's not, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not conducive for, um, again, the the full range of, of, of what we want to say, you know, the, the the proper end of romantic relationship entails. And stepping aside from some of these apps for a second, I like dating. Let's say, you know, being with teenagers a lot and young adults and things like that. Uh, dating itself, um, I, I'm not, I'm not convinced that it's it's the best practice, mm-hmm. right? And and I want people to understand. I know on one hand, young people feel a, a sense of loneliness when they don't date and uh, maybe a sense of stress when they are looking for a date and they're on the prowl or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> but I I think it's really, really, really important before someone starts to date or see or court or whatever the term you want to use, uh, someone else, that they're at a maturity level that they're, they already have formed within themselves some sort of maturity, some sort of uh, confidence in who they are, so, um, confidence in the decisions they make, mm-hmm. confidence in how they think or whatever. I think that's really important because what I see a lot today is uh, teenagers dating for the sake of dating. And uh, they will, th- you know, throw everything away yeah. um, for that for the other person, and uh, you know, they, they call it romantic. Yeah, yeah. and and they kind of like become like each other, or yeah. uh, you know, there's no sense of my own yeah. individual self in a relationship anymore. And I think that uh, until we're comfortable with who we are, mm-hmm. until we're we're at a like a, a confident place in our own life of who we are and what we stand for and then it's probably not it's not a good idea to date yeah you know it's really funny that that's kind of reminds me and so i'll share some a little personal but um when i first dated my wife um so we dated for five years so we're one of those long time we dated for a while and then we finally got married but one of the things she shared with me right off the bat and i remember we were sitting on a bus we were going to a youth conference Okay, and we ended up holding hands in the dark, I know. And eventually, because she's this kind of person, she grabbed my hand and she threw it at me. And she's like, what the hell is this? Because <laughs> we hadn't talked about the dating or anything yeah. else. And I was like, I, 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 Chrissy, will you go with me? And, you know, and, and, and uh, very nervous, very you know, shy and everything else. Like, I was just enjoying the hand holding. <laughs> will you go with me? And she's like, okay, before we date, I need to show you this. And I remember because she had her pillow on her lap and she, like, you know, and she, she drew a triangle. And I'm sure people might have heard this before, but the triangle, she drew the triangle and she goes, okay, the top of the triangle, that's God. She said, I'm on this end of the triangle, you're on this end of the triangle. And the way that we grow closer on this triangle is that we got to get closer to God. And so as we grow in a relationship, that should be pulling us towards God. And so if you look at that triangle and as you go towards God, look at that, the two ends, the two ends of the triangle start to meet up. Mm-hmm. So eventually there, and she, so she said like, that's, 
that's how I want this relationship to work. And I was uh, the good part. The cool part was um, that was how I was raised. You know, that was the that was the thing that I knew. And so, our relationship always focused on. I should be bringing my wife. I should be bringing this perspective, wife. I should say closer to God at all times, and not through my own ignorance, but like through, I should be doing everything I can to uphold this individual and bring them closer to God. Yeah. And in, the, in return, she's doing the same to me. And there are, there, ti- like, there are times where you're experiencing things together. You ca- have your first kiss, and you're like, and those are times that are like, are we bringing each other closer to God? Are we starting to falter here? Are we whatever else? But if that is your goal and that's your mentality, but I think today a lot of times it's not about bringing each other closer to God, it's about me, 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 me. Look, mm-hmm. I have a boyfriend. Look how hot he is. I have a girlfriend. Look how, how good looking she is. Look at these Tinder pictures she sent me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's about <laughs> bragging about what I have yeah. versus about who this individual is and upholding their dignity or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And so, not and again, not in all relationships. It's just, it's a very hard, I think the world promotes this dating culture. And they, and they do because it's, it's a multi-million dollar business. When you're dating, you're paying to go out. Mm-hmm. You're paying to go to movies. You're paying to go to restaurants. When you're married, you don't do any. Of that. You don't do any of that anymore. <laughs> you know, like, like you're, you're, you're saving up for a house. You're saving. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So this dating culture and and the way that uh, guys and girls are trying to win affection of each other is, oh, I bought you a gift. I bought you. You know what I mean? Like, and again, people that are married are going to know. Well, eventually that kind of fades away. I mean, that's when Valentine Valentine's Day comes around, and they're like, oh, I should probably buy my wife something. I haven't done it in a year. Oh, yeah, you know. Yeah. I you know, like buy her flowers or something to yeah. say it. Show her that I appreciate her. Um, and for guys, it can be a reminder. But I mean, but but in the dating, like it's every day, every time you see them, you're 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 trying to win over their affection and stuff. And so it's it's exciting. It's a thing. But then, what's the end goal? What's the purpose? And mm-hmm. and I think dating now has become about me, 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 me. So I'm getting the the gratification. Yeah. I'm getting the you know what I mean. Versus putting that person towards God. And if that's your goal. Two things. If that's your goal, I think you're gonna you're both gonna if you're both working towards that goal, you're going to find your partner in life. And that's what God and if not, if 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 you are and they're not, that's not who you want to be with. Or vice versa. If you're if you're you know, you're not feeling that connection, then they're not worth having. You know yeah. what I mean? And and I especially caution parents today. Yeah. When their children uh, as young teenagers who yeah. uh, start dating, yeah. we're living in a different world than you grew up in as yeah. parents. Uh, because remember, the stats show that already by grade four or five, uh, t- uh, kids have been exposed to pornography and find every sort of way to watch it, right? And that makes a difference in your mind too. And so sex or sexual activity or sexual experimenting uh, is becoming part of the dating process. And like what you were just saying there about me, 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 it's like, well, what can you do for me? What can I do for you sort of thing? And this becomes part of the social culture too. It's like, well, I have a boyfriend. We did this. You know, I work in high school. Like it's, it's, I'm telling you, it's there, you know? And so I think parents have to be very cautious because I know lots of parents who, through their conversation, encourage their kids to date. Oh, do you like that girl? Oh, is that your girlfriend? Why don't you bring her over? Why don't you do this? And it's like... You know this encouragement of dating when when someone's not ready for it, when someone's not even, you know, maybe doesn't have the proper um, formation of of you know uh, sexual education or sexual formation yeah. or, you know, like I th- I think we're setting our kids up to fail. Yeah, and then 
it's the same parents who cry foul when their son or daughter disappears from the family because they're always with their girlfriend or the girl gets pregnant or whatever it is. It's like, oh my gosh, what have they done? What have they done now? It's like, like, well, uh, this behavior is almost encouraged at home. Okay, so yeah. Well, I know I, I was, I was going to say that it's like because um, it's it's interesting that you said like um, that you know you have family involvement and you're just like this this can be an issue especially when the parents you know take take for granted or actually don't understand that you know if if they were if they were you know kids in the seventies or kid like or, yeah, yeah. yeah earlier it was like the family's involved yeah bring over whoever you know we'll have them to dinner like the family's involved let let's get to know them yeah. um, if they're not really aware of you know how much dating has actually changed you know since we're, we're talking about kind of the advent of technology but like certainly since the sexual revolution it's like yeah. like you go back much further kind of historically you know the family would have been involved in the kind of courtship process. Mm-hmm. Um, that like and, and and I kind of joke like one of one of um, my wife and I are early kind of uh, we we both love you know Jane Austen novels yeah. um, you know we both love like Pride and Prejudice and it's like yeah. you look at dating in that context you look at like pre Victorian or like <laughs> Regency um, era it's like and it's it's all you know very guarded you know yes. you don't you don't just walk over and talk to her and you wait to be introduced yeah. you were and and like this idea that's like okay all of these social protocols all of like the role of the family <laughs> is to kind of navigate this problem of you know i want i i'm interested in you i want to marry yeah. you um, but i don't want to do it in a way that harms your reputation that yes. you know um, you know harms you rep- and like a lot of people post sexual revolution would look back and be like this is so repressive to women and this is so who loves these novels you know yeah. who's reading jane yeah. austen it's like yeah. um you know this idea that you know um you know this gentleman um is showing respect to you and your family for two years you yeah. know before you're even allowed to have a, a discussion alone together or you know before you choose to have a discussion alone together yeah. um that you know um and again, I, I, I'm not kind of uh, so anachronistic or um, naive to think, you know, we can, we can just go back to that time or we can just, but again, um, you know, I think uh, stories like this are important for, you know, our kids to read, um, especially men yeah. <laughs> to read. Um, and, you know, uh, like there, there is a healthy way of, you know, bringing the family into kind of the, the courtship process. Um, you know, having frank conversations with your kids, you know, do you like this? Why do you like this person? Where do you see this going long term? Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, you know, developing those those interests in in a protective way in in community. We we talk a lot to my boys because I have four boys and we talk about through examples in our in our history, through family members, through all that kind of stuff. We talk about, OK, um, so do we see how emotions can can change certain things like when you're when you're a teenager when you're you know like when you're in this dating game period do you see how maybe you might not make the smartest choices or you might like we we prep them from like 10 11 12 so that when they hit there they understand understand so this is why it's good to have your parents involved or or trusted um guardians i'm gonna say you know trusted people that they're like I, I see I see what you're looking in this person, but they might not be the right person for you, or they might I, I don't like how they're treating you this way, or they look they seem to be selfish. You don't seem to be in the same spot in this relationship. Giving those pieces of advice and being able to warn. But one of the things that you talked about, that I just want to hit on really quick, is is the the fact that as the dating has changed, but part of the reason that it's changed, like the guy waiting two years to talk to to to, to this woman, is because. Guys, one of the things that we realize is guys on 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 a I'm gonna say stereotypical level, 
feel uh, they they love physically in a way um, that that they put they are willing to sit there for two years, hmm. willing to attend functions, willing to sit there and 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 from across the room love this person. But then it got, got it changed, and so what we started doing is showing our love physically because we couldn't show it in a sexual, physical way, we, we would open doors for women. And this is to show our love for this person, not sexually, but our, our, our actual physical love. Here, let me open the door for you. Let me pull out this chair for you. It is not being chauvinistic in any way. It's sh- trying to show them love and respect. I don't want you to have to lift a foot. I don't want you to have to do any. Let me show you that I can be your servant, that I can serve you, and that I love you, and that I want the best for you. You know what I mean? And that... Um, that attitude was the way that men showed mm-hmm. love um, physically. Well, when we get to a culture now where it's you swipe right and in 15 minutes you can be showing your physical love in a very different way, men don't need to actually step up to the plate and show their love any other way than wham, bam, thank you, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so what happened is we've, we've come to this culture where men are just – um, used to showing the physical love without any of the emotional attachment. And so, um, and then women aren't getting the emotional attachment and they feel like this is the only way that they can experience love is through the same physical love. And not that women don't feel it through the physical love, but there's, there is a, you're separating the whole idea of give and take relationship of, of like for, for, for myself and my wife, I know that's, for me, when I come in, I'm tired. I want to go to bed. I just want to. I want to turn on the TV. I want. But I know that my wife has been home all day cooking for my kids, or or maybe she was at work and she got home and she took care of the kids. And and I know that one of the things that I can do best for my wife is to sit down across the living room with her and have a discussion with her, even if I'm tired, even if I just want to turn on the TV and just like blank out. Um, she feels love through me sitting down and doing that. And so that's like something I, I actually have to say, okay, I'm going to do this because I love my wife so much. You know what I mean? So taking that approach to, again, dating, taking that approach to let's make this relationship about me showing you that I love you, it doesn't have to end in sex. It doesn't have to even be, I mean, we're going to extreme here, but like it doesn't have to be about hand-holding. I can show you that I love you through all these different ways. It doesn't have to revolve around this end game here. That can end in marriage. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and then, anyways, yeah. So, yeah, and uh, I think a number of things. I think it's okay for people to uh, get to know people on a social level, yeah. right? First, go uh, groups. Get in, uh, go and and that's what I think. I think to go out in groups yeah. is a healthy way mm-hmm. of uh, getting to know someone without putting yourself in the situation of uh, a temptation or things like that. I think uh, honest and loving uh, with, with, a digni- with a dignified approach to the other person is, you know, not to put yourself in situations where, you know, you're alone at night or things like that with the other person. Remember, dating someone, the purpose of dating, uh, we're, we're looking for a life partner. And I, I truly believe that God has... Uh, a partner in store for people, right? Who are called to marriage, and uh, we, we, we got to discern that. Like we 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 have to put ourselves in a position to be able to discern that. You know, we're talking about courting and things, and how many? You know, you're talking about families being involved and parents being involved, and how many of the courtship happens on the phone where, where, where parents don't even know what's going on or what yeah. information's been shared or what's been said to one another or what pictures have been sent to each other and things like that. We have to we have to create sort of an atmosphere where we're trying to discover God's partner for us, mm-hmm. and we're not going to be able to do that when we just look at each other and uh, for the purpose of what can you do for me, yeah. right? 
So I think you know to to be in groups with one another, to to grow in friendship with people, to pray about your partner, about yeah. like where's God leading me, like it, the, where where can God reveal His choice of partner for me, uh, and and to, to to pray about marriage. Yeah, I, I think this these are the things that are sorely lacking in in our dating process. But I don't know if it's it's certainly not popular. No, and it will never be popular to pray about your future spouse or to to pray about uh, where you're moving with, the, with your partner, or how to how to be dignified with one another. That will never be po- never be popular. But it is holy, and it is the right thing to do. And parents can do it now. Uh, yeah. Every night, mm-hmm. I pray for my spouse and my boys, and and whether they be, I, I use the spouse word specifically because if they end up being priests, I'm praying for their church communities, I guess. But I, I specifically, so Lord God bless my boys, whatever. Um, uh, we ask you to bless their future spouse wherever they may be. Let them grow closer and closer to you and always bring my boys holier to, uh, to an, into a holier relationship with you. And that's a prayer that I pray over my boys every single night when I bless them before they go to bed or after they go to bed. Um, so I'm praying now as a parent for that future mm-hmm. spouse. And not only that, but then I start to have this uh, future relationship with potentially a daughter-in-law, you know what I mean, that I can have this... Um, I've been praying for you for 20 years. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like this is this is something um, that I can love and accept them uh, exactly who they are as a daughter and love them, like pull them into my family and love them. You know what I mean? Because you always hear about the in-laws. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, but but to, to to bypass that and just to love that yeah. human being is amazing. With their faults, their failings, and yeah. everything. We we haven't even like scratched the surface on that. Like you really marry a family. Like you yeah. like you you marry someone, but uh, again, if if if, if they're <laughs> Yeah, if if they're you know, have have a proper and appropriate relationship with their family, you really do are marrying the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you marry into a community. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's uh, <laughs> all the time we got today to talk for, about for this next time. Then. Yeah. Couple, yeah. yeah, maybe we'll talk about this uh, <laughs> again on another episode. But if someone wants to comment, uh, their agreements, disagreements, maybe uh, if how you started dating at home and how that worked out for you, you could drop us a comment in our social media or. Uh, you can send us an email at askusatthecatholicbuzz.com. So that's all the time we have today uh, for Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan. My name is Father Daniele. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz. Mm-hmm.